0: Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the still darkness before dawn, a woman quietly makes her way through the city streets has been a night without sleep, a night of tossing and turning, and finally she can stand it no longer. Ever since Jesus had healed her tormented mind, Mary Magdalene had been with him. She had walked with him on the roads, listening to him preaching, and watched him bring healings to so many others like her. She had stared, disbelieving, as he had called Lazarus out of the tomb raised her voice as he rode into Jerusalem and helped to prepare what had turned out to be his final meal. And just two seemingly long, long days before, she had wept with his mother as they watched him die in agony on a cruel cross. And when it was over and his mother had been led away, She had stayed behind to watch as Joseph and Nicodemus took down his broken body and carried it away to be buried. Oh, she knows there's no point in going to the tomb. He's gone, and that is that. But she just can't stay away. She has to be near him one last time, even if it is only to sit Next to the stone that separates the living from the dead. When she gets there, she discovers the stone has been moved. Someone has been here. Someone has taken his body. She turns and runs for help, weeping once again. Two of Jesus' disciples respond to Mary's cries and come running. The disciple, who's never named in this gospel, wins their foot race and stops at the entrance to the tomb, breathing heavily. He is the first to look in and see that the tomb is empty. Simon Peter soon catches up and, pushing past the other man, enters the tomb. There's nothing. No one there. Only the gravestones piled up in a heap, the cloth that had covered Jesus' face rolled up by itself. When the other disciple enters the image of Lazarus emerging from his tomb, still wrapped in cloths, his face covered, the image comes to his mind. But there is no body here to unwrap. And in truth, there is nothing to be done. And the two men go home, one even more fearful than he had been before, and the other remembering and wondering But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. Having refused the offer to take her home and not knowing where else to turn, she looks in the empty tomb for the first time. But now it is no longer empty. All in white, two angels are sitting where Jesus' body had lain. They ask her, Woman, why are you weeping? And Mary, in her exhaustion and distress, does not realize what is before her. A cry of deep loss and grief wells up in her. They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. I do not know. Eyes blurred by tears, she turns, almost bumping into a man standing close beside her. Again the question comes, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom, do you, whom are you looking for? In poignant desperation, she begs the man she supposes to be the garter to show her where he has taken Jesus' body. Then Jesus throws her a lifeline. He calls her by name, Mary. And finally, she sees the one for whom she has been searching. Her tears turn of grief turn into tears of joy, and she responds, Rabani, teach her. I find myself asking, why didn't Mary recognize Jesus right away? There he was right in front of her, and she thought he was a stranger. Undoubtedly, there are many explanations for her mistake, not the least of which was the trauma that she had endured, but I would suggest that Mary did not recognize Jesus for a very simple reason, because she saw him out of context. We've all experienced that, haven't we? It happens to me all the time. Someone will call me by name, and I'll just have no idea who they are. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Ralph's walking down an aisle when a woman said, Hi, Lee. I knew that I knew her, but in that moment, I didn't know how I knew her. And so I responded the way I usually do in situations like that. Oh, hi, how are you? You're doing some shopping too? Well, have a good one or something like that. And then I made my getaway. I know what's happened to you too, but it really bothered me that she looked so familiar And finally I turned around and went back and found her. And I'm so glad she didn't mind when I asked her to help me remember who she was. Her name is Norma, and she is one of the lovely and helpful librarians at our local library. I see her all the time. Why didn't I know who she was? I met her out of context. She wasn't behind that desk in the library. She was in the grocery store, imagine that. I think that's what happened to Mary. She saw Jesus out of context, way out of context. She had seen him die, has watched his lifeless body being taken down from the cross. It never occurred to her or any of Jesus' disciples that he might rise from the dead. As Dr. Anna Carter Florence once quipped in an interview, if the dead don't stay dead, what can you count on? But Jesus didn't stay dead. And instead of Mary being escorted to the place where his body had been moved, she was confronted by a Jesus who was very much alive. In that moment of recognition, she was thrust out of the context of loss and grief, sin and death that is our human condition, and thrust into a completely different context, the context of resurrection. It's not a context that we readily comprehend. Resurrection, after all, is not the natural order. It's not something we can prove. And it's certainly not something that we can make happen as hard as we might try, which ought to cause us to think twice before we condemn those who have trouble believing that it actually happened. The Gospels make it clear that all the disciples, not just Thomas, all of them had trouble believing the truth of Jesus' resurrection at first. And there certainly have been and still are my, moments when I wonder myself. Which is why I give thanks for the gift of faith that enables us to trust in the witness of those same Gospels and at the very least to imagine the possibility that the context of resurrection exists. For if it does, my friends, if it does, it means that death does not have the last words. It means that we no longer have to live in fear. It means that love wins and that new life is possible, even in the most desperate and confusing and difficult situations. It means that in spite of everything that tells us otherwise, the future is in God's hands. And that future is not only good, but full of amazing possibilities. And it means that we can trust in the promises of God. When Mary reaches out to Jesus, seeking the confirmation of touch, Jesus waves her off. Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father The incarnation has come full circle, and the one who was sent is now returning to the one who sent him. But he is not leaving us behind. Mary has already laid claim to her status as Jesus' disciple by calling him her teacher. Now Jesus commissions her to be his first apostle, sending her to his other disciples with words of hope and wonder. I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Those words send us back to the beginning of the gospel and the coming of light into the world. And these words, but to all who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of man, but of God. The God whom Jesus called Father is now our our Father, and the relationship that he has with God is available to all who will put their trust in him. And so Mary goes, weeping in no longer in sorrow, but laughing and shouting with joy, I have seen the Lord. But this is not the end of the story. Far from it. It's just the beginning. The resurrection that we celebrate this day starts a new story, a story that is still ongoing, a story that is as much about the present as it is about the future. For Mary's words are a call to live in the context of resurrection, not just on Easter Sunday, but on each and every day, sharing the good news of God's great love and the promise of forgiveness and new life as we interact with others in our workplaces, in our schools, in our homes. My friends, the tomb is empty and Christ has risen when we, like Mary, proclaim with joy, I have seen the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Amen. Amen.